Hello, my friend. Welcome to today's podcast episode. And today, this episode is for the moms. And I'm kind of going to be going back and reverting to and talking to stay-at-home moms, but working moms, I think you're going to kind of... I hope I don't... How am I going to say this? I may trigger you. Moms, whether you're a working mom or a stay-at-home mom, I may trigger you today because as a health and fitness coach and as a mentor to many women, whether it's a woman who wants to achieve her health and fitness goals or a woman who wants to build a health and fitness business on the side, I have been a mentor to a lot of moms. I was a mentor to moms before I became a mom. I was a mentor to moms in the midst of motherhood myself. And even though my kids are still very young, I totally get that. I see a few things that completely strip and sabotage your health as a mom. And these things I'm going to run through today. And of course, when I talk about these habits that sabotage your health, I'm going to be giving you tips and advice on how you can really support yourself in a realistic way as a mom. So Yes, I'm going to be talking kind of to the days of which I was a stay-at-home mom. Like for the first four years of motherhood, I was a stay-at-home mom that worked my business very part-time. And now I'm in a position of I am a working mom where my kids are consistently at daycare, but still I can get into the the negative habits that I'm going to be talking about today. But before we hop in, remember you guys, I have my free cycle singing web class available for you to sign up right now. I don't know how long this web class is going to be free because it's filled with a lot of really great information as well as my free cycle singing PDF. And then at the end of the class, you get a special bonus. And so if you want to snag that, the information is in the show notes of this podcast episode or always the top link of my Instagram bio. So let's hop in my friends. I hope, I hope we're still friends after this episode. I know we will be. Welcome to Feminine Fitness, a podcast for women that want to make simple shifts in their fitness and nutrition that make a big difference. I'm your host, Joelle, and I've been a health and fitness coach for over a decade. I teach women how to look and feel vibrant every day with workouts, food, and mindset changes that support feminine hormone cycles. Each episode, I will give simple tips that are easy to implement that align your goals with cycle syncing. If you feel like achieving your health and fitness goals is always a fight against your body, I want to help you stop the struggle and work with your body. I'm so glad you're here and welcome to today's episode. All right, my friend, I truly hope that you know I am coming at this from a place of love, from a place of understanding. I know what it is like to be in the midst of motherhood, especially with littles. My kids are under two years apart. I had two under two. I was building a business and taking care of the home. We had a pandemic and all of that situation happened. So none of this is meant to shame you. None of this is meant to tell you that you're doing a bad job. What I hope to do is maybe have you have a light bulb moment of like, hmm, yep, 
guilty and then take one to two small tips away from this episode that will then change your habit and start to reframe maybe some of your mindset around these things that don't enhance your life, your energy, your mood, your health, your fitness, and your motherhood, okay? So the first thing I want to talk about is the sabotage of your own needs. And I am not talking about the fluffy self-care movement. I am talking about the hygienic needs that you have as a human body. A shower, getting dressed for the day, keeping yourself um, up to date in your own personal appointments, that is a need for your health. It is not a want. It is not a luxury. And so for you, reframing just in your mind that you going to take a shower and having your spouse or taking that time for yourself in whatever way that you need to based on what age your kids are in, that is a need. Your hygiene is a need, not a want, not a nice to. And I want to just share with you, like, think about it from this perspective. You are on top of it to get your children to doctor's appointments, dentist appointments, all kinds of appointments, new clothes when they grow out of them or when their clothes go dingy, Um, or if there's a special event, getting them a new outfit, their haircuts. You do all of these things for your kids, and I am here to say, Mama, your appointments are just as important as your kids. So I remember not wanting to buy hair products, makeup products, and things like that that I seriously loved buying before I had kids. Before I had kids, going to Ulta was like my jam. Going to Ulta and seeing some new products and even watching some YouTube videos on how ladies were doing their makeup and what kind of makeup they were using I absolutely loved doing that pre-kids. I pretty much always did my hair before I had kids. But I found myself asking my mom for things that she wasn't using or things she didn't like because I wanted to use it and I didn't want to spend money on those things. We 100% had the money. It's just like I had this hang up. But here's the thing. My hair and makeup and and doing those two things makes me feel so good, makes me feel like I have more energy. And when I feel like I have more energy and when I feel refreshed in that way, then I show up in all areas of my life in a better way. For me, it's like I could put on joggers and a crew neck, but if my hair and makeup was like put together at least a little bit, sometimes I like to spend more time on my eyeshadow and my makeup. And sometimes I like to put a pop of color on my lips, or sometimes I really like having my hair curled and using my dry texture spray. And when I started to look at where my mental health was and how I was spending my time and energy and what could give me more energy, what was the things that I truly enjoyed before having kids, something as simple as having the hair products and tools and makeup at my availability, meaning I buy them so I feel put together, right? 
that made a big change in not just my mental health, but my physical health and also in my relationships. Second thing is social media noise. I have a conversation of some form around social media to moms on the weekly, whether it's one of my friends, one of my team members, one of my clients talking about feeling so frustrated with and consumed by social media. And if you have watched or even heard of the documentary on Netflix, I believe, The algorithm is set up for us to become addicted to it. Your brain, especially as a mom, if you are spending a lot of time on social media, the more you go on social media, the more addicted to it you're going to become because the apps are meant to become an addiction. They're meant to keep you on for a really long time. And when you're on the apps, does your brain go to comparison mode? Probably. Does your brain start spinning a million miles a minute? Do you start feeling like low self-esteem? Do you start like thinking that somebody else has a much better life or they're not struggling in motherhood while you are? Like I have this type of conversation with a, a mom every single week. And I want you to know you are the one responsible for your relationship with social media. It's not up to social media. And I have friends and clients that and people I mentor that say like, oh, I'm going to take a break. And then once they take a break, they feel great and wonderful after coming back and having that break. But then when the habits continually happen of like clinging to social media as a crutch, that addiction starts back up again. And I also want you to think about how much, you know, not just social media, but having your phone on you, what that does to your physical body. Think about the posture of depression. If I told you right now, like, how does a depressed person sit? Like when you're feeling down and blue, depressed, you feel hunched over, your head goes down, and you really are in this like position that we sit in all the time subconsciously while we're scrolling social media. It feels entirely different to sit with your shoulders back, lift your head up so you're looking up. Like Even if you are looking at social media and holding it in that position, number one, your posture is going to get tired of sitting like that for a while, so you're not going to hold your phone like that the whole time. But just that posture of depression and our physicality, how we are physically holding ourselves does trigger different chemical responses and leads to that feeling. So when you are sitting, when you are constantly scrolling, you're telling and signaling your body not to produce certain endorphins. But when you are moving, when you are laughing, when you are looking, when you're experiencing the environment around you with scent and sight and smell and all of the things, that triggers serotonin, the happy hormones to to come to fruition and see things in a more positive way. So don't get into the social media addiction. 
set standards, set boundaries with your phone. And this may be, you know, putting your phone in a box or if you guys are downstairs, put your phone upstairs for a while. I trust and believe me, my husband is much better with his phone control consumption than I am. And if we really needed to be a whole, like somebody had to get a hold of us, they would know to text Sean first. And actually sometimes with my Apple Watch, I set my phone somewhere and then I just go about my day not knowing where my phone is because if a, a por- important call or text message comes across, it comes through on my phone and I either ignore it or continue about my day or handle it in that moment if it needs to be handled. So some of those things may be helpful, but for some, I like Apple Watch, things like that, like makes it so you're on your phone more. You just got to know yourself, right? And set your own boundaries. You know, for me, I was like, I have this time in the morning. This was when I had both kids at home with me and I was juggling business stuff and being on social media and all that. I told myself from the time I wake up until about 9, 9.30 in the morning, that's my multitasking time. So yeah, I was on my phone and posting on social and scrolling. And the, but once 9.30 happened, it was like a trigger in my brain of like, it's 9.30, time to put the phone down. Put it somewhere where I'm not going to be grabbing it. Get to doing something else. And that was a boundary that triggered a good Um, habit for myself and social media. Now I have no phone zone from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. Sometimes I'll still respond to text messages and stuff, but I'm not going to scroll during that time because I've had plenty of time to do that during the day, right? So that's kind of my two cents on the social media noise. The next one, the third one, and I have a total of four, so we're going to roll through these, is eating like you don't have time for yourself. I know when you're doing three meals a day and a million snacks, it's so annoying how much you're in the kitchen and how much you're cleaning the kitchen, but in order to have energy and feel good and have mental clarity, it starts with nutrition. If you are eating high um high foods, high in carbohydrates, specifically foods that are going to constantly increase your insulin. And if you're eating frequent meals and you're just constantly spiking that insulin, you're going to constantly be feeling those crashes. So I want you to start eating like you have time for yourself, meaning you're being thoughtful about the nutrition that you're putting into your body. I'm not talking about being perfect because yeah, this week, Being thoughtful about my nutrition means I'm having two Reese's peanut butter cups after my lunch. I'm being thoughtful about my nutrition, but I'm also paying attention to making sure I am getting proper nutrition with nourishing foods that are full meals that will keep me fueled and satisfied. And this isn't that hard, right? This isn't that hard when you set and get in a rhythm of having simple meals that you like that are nourishing and filling. Some of my favorites are smoothies, like smoothies are my jam. If you don't know me, I have been having a smoothie pretty much every single day for the last 11 years because I can pack it with protein and 
fat and fiber and it tastes like vegetables and there's a ton of micronutrients and prebiotics and probiotics and digestive enzymes and adaptogens and all of the all these things and i just do one scoop like and there it is right keeps it so simple for me um i eat foods that are or another meal that i like for myself is Salmon and salad, having those um, salad bags on hand, having fresh veggies on hand, burrito bowls, having prep stuff so I could throw together some type of burrito bowl together. You've got good complex carbohydrate, you've got protein, you've got healthy fats, you've got lots of flavor when you're making something like a burrito bowl. Soups and stews, don't get me wrong, there are times where I'm making my kids grilled cheese for lunch and I'm gonna have one too, but if I have chili or um, some type of chicken and vegetable soup on hand that pairs it so yes I'm having a grilled cheese sandwich because I'm making it for my kids blah 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 I can reheat that soup and have veggies and protein and broth and it's comforting and filling because it's it's a big volume that you can eat having that type of stuff on hand makes all the difference makes all the difference if I have just one soup on hand and then if I have either my kids' chicken nuggets in a bag salad or salmon in a bag salad or some type of other protein in a bag salad, I'm I'm set up for some solid meals, right? For the love, my friend, if you want improved energy, improved gut health, and also support your hormones, eat more veggies and protein. Like just add in larger portions of veggies and protein at each meal. You don't have to cut out all of the pastas if you don't want to or bread if you don't want to, but for the love, eat your vegetables, have protein, and you will feel so much better. The last thing, and it's kind of a big one, is isolation. Isolation is one thing that I see so many moms struggle with that sabotages mental health and physical health so much and trust me I'm so guilty of this one myself after having my first with postpartum depression and anxiety and then also Bryce had silent reflux so he cried all the time so if we brought him somewhere if people came over to our house they'd be like oh we'll hold him and he would scream and cry and the reaction is to give the baby back to mom and so I would have to entertain people while also working with a screaming infant and that was a lot and then when we moved like I was living with my parents so it wasn't like I was inviting my friends over to my parents' house when we had a full house already of all of us like I just went into isolation big time and I bet a lot of you with the pandemic have had the same types of things but even introverts need community. Even people who love alone time and people who love the people within our home, like I love my family of four so much. Five if you include cash. Cash, I won't leave you out of this. I love us four being together so much. But when we got neighbors that have kids around the same age and we started going to activities like church and Getting out into the community, I started doing the modeling and picture stuff for the ladies at the nines. I really realized, like, me, I need in-person physical contact and connection. And I started one step at a time, right? One 
thing at a time. It started honestly with neighbors and being like, yeah, like the kids are outside. I'm socializing with socializing with my neighbors too. And then it went to church and then it went to getting offered to come in and take pictures at our the local boutique near me, the nines, and being around just those handful of ladies has filled my soul so much and that has generated me wanting to get out more and get out more and get out more and get out more. And it's so important for us ladies to have different kinds of friendships. You know, close friends are important. You know, having those friendships where it's like, come over. I don't care if you guys show up in your pajamas, if kids are fed or they're not fed, we'll figure it out. Like, come on over. Everybody just needs, like the door is wide open. You guys know I had that with Lauren Ricks when she lived close to me. There were times where she was like, my kids are going crazy. Can we come over? And then there's times where it's like, we don't have anything planned today. Can I just drive the kids over to your house? Those close friendships are important and those close friendships are pretty few. And then it's great to still keep in touch with old friends. You know, even thinking about some of your college friends that you haven't talked about in a while. Like I heard a song that we used to jam out in college to all the time. And I sent a message to that college friend. We hadn't talked in a long time, but it started and engaged a a fun conversation. We may or may not keep in touch a lot. We may keep in touch a little. We may not keep in touch at all, but it was just really, really fun. I've gotten to have some new friends along the way too, new people that I am getting to know, new people that have similar things in common with me, and then also ladies who are not moms yet. Like it is okay to have friends with mom or with friends that do have kids and don't have kids. And that kind of leads me to a last tidbit of like moms getting so ingrained in the day-to-day and sweating the small stuff. I remember thinking when I was having conversations about potty training and tantrums and all this, I was like, why do, why am I taking these things so seriously? Why am I talking to strangers or other moms or other very intelligent ladies? And I'm a very intelligent woman too. And we're talking about like potty training and kinds of things. I was like, I don't want to be having these conversations all the time because in motherhood, there's a bigger picture. There is 100% a bigger picture when it comes to motherhood. And that is raising humans, right? Like raising these kids to become adults. And in doing that, there's a lot of heart issue related things to cover, like how they treat others and how they, um, express themselves and and really just like getting to know our kids as who they are right and my kids are still little so I'm no expert in that area by any means and I'm gonna screw up a lot but the fact that mom's overtime is just so consumed in like what kind of diapers do you use what kind of butt paste is the best and really we should be deep in prayer of the teenager that our our baby is going to be and the adult and the human that our baby is going to become. That's just a few things that have come to mind. And so I I want to invite you if you are like, I want to have a community 
of healthy, supportive women that are going to encourage me in taking care of myself, encouraging me on my health and fitness journey on November 16th. So that's a Tuesday. On November 16th, I am hosting a Facebook event that is a group and a community of women that is supportive, encouraging, and motivating. We're going to have some really great guest speakers in there. I'm going to be doing a meal planning masterclass and you'll also get a workout pass. So we'll have these uh, this big event for you to come and see what it's like to be in a positive community that's surrounded around uh, surrounded with empowering women and focusing on health, fitness, nutrition and mental health and clarity and self-care and positivity. So if you want to get into that Facebook group, I will leave the link in my show notes or send me a DM on Facebook and I can add you into that. To round it all out, I want to share with you one of my favorite things lately, one of the things that has fueled my faith and supported me in my faith so much lately is the SOAP Bible Studies by Horatio Printing. They are so simple. Sometimes I write a lot. Sometimes I write a little. Sometimes the verse speaks to me a lot. Sometimes I'm like, what does this even mean? And I have to look and dig into the context even more. But with the soap Bible studies, you open up the page and you get scripture. And then as you read that scripture, you go on to observing it. Like just write out what you observe about that piece of scripture. And then the A stands for application. So when you've read the scripture, you made observations. How can you apply? Like this is how I go through it. How can I apply what scripture said and my observation of it? How can I apply it into what's going on in my life right now? And then the last segment is prayer, writing down a prayer. You can center your prayer around what the scripture was. Sometimes the the prayer is centered around something not even in relation to the scripture. But for me, it's a guide that is very flexible. But I've just been amazed at how much I've gotten from this Horatio Um, Bible study. I'm not in affiliation with this company at all. I just truly genuinely love it and wanted to share it with you. And I will also link Horatio Printing Soap Bible Studies. They do have planners and I use their um, a New Day planner pad as well. I got that as a gift from one of my mentors and I've just really, really loved it. So I wanted to share it with you and I hope you are having a great day, my friend. I hope you feel encouraged and supported and maybe ready to make some lifestyle changes in your fitness, nutrition, your mindset, your mental health, and I hope that you join us in the Facebook group. And and join our party on November 16th.